Today on Atomic Moms, we're talking with actress and new mom, Eva Amuri Martino. You may have seen her posing recently with her newborn Marlo, her husband, soccer hottie Kyle Martino, and her mama, Susan Sarandon, in People magazine. We're talking to her about faulty pregnancy tests, postpartum surprises, and how to politely kick out all those lingering house guests. Hello, and welcome to Atomic Moms. This is Ellie Noss, and I've got Bianca Kylix sitting across from me, staring at me like I have four heads. Only because I, I knew, like, my last name is so difficult to pronounce, and I knew, I could see it in your eyes that you are going, Kylix, 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 It's like when I used to go on commercial auditions, and then I would always, it was like that, that, that little panic that you could see in my eye I, I think that's probably why I didn't get the job <laughs> you like obsess about it and then it's like when it comes to the moment to say the thing that you're obsessing about I have to tell I you did it. I aced it though man did you didn't don't you think I did did I not oh no you aced my oh, last yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you stumbled a little bit at the end but what? I, think that's I said Kyla no you said it right but then you were like you stumbled afterwards yeah because I was staring at someone staring at oh, me like I have okay. five heads so it's my fault <laughs> um, I, I um, didn't say that I am yes I am no um, I was gonna tell you in response to your commercial audition story I okay so last year was my first pilot season pilot season is where you go out for all the new television shows and it was my first one in seven years because I had been on rules of engagement and it's a whole new world out there and you know uh, now movie stars are doing TV shows and so you actually have to audition against like these super uber famous people Mm -hmm. that you see sitting in the waiting room and it makes you horribly anxious and so I was going out for blacklist Wow. You know that that yeah. show on NBC. Oh my God, it's, it's like my mom's favorite really? show. Really, of course. And I wanted this part so bad. Yeah, I and, can see you, the brunette. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know what? It's so gr- in retrospect now. It's like I wouldn't have been able to have Magnolia, and you know, because I was pregnant when I was shooting Undateable, and um, you couldn't do Blacklist. Claire Danes did uh, Homeland. Yeah, but I mean, no, because I would, I, I couldn't like. They would have fired me, probably. Anyway, I, I wasn't good enough in the audition to get the job, so that's okay. a moot point. Yeah. Oh, but, sorry. You were just trying to reframe it, that it's a good thing you didn't get the job because it meant that you could have my Exactly. Life. Okay, yes. sorry. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm with you now. <laughs> so I had to say the carotid artery in my audition. <laughs> and, and I had to say that as I was stabbing a man in the neck with a pen and tell him this pen is in his carotid artery. Now, I am the daughter of two medical professionals. So wait, I... Wait, just bookmark this for a second. What, what, what do your parents do? Well, my dad, my dad, who has since passed, right. but he's... My dad was an anesthesiologist, and my mom is an RN. She okay. teaches nursing now. Amazing. And, um, yeah, so, okay. I so mean... So you're the daughter of these two yeah, so professionals. Like, you should be able to... To w- say yeah. carotid artery. And but also, you're, you're an actress, so it's your job. It's my job. But I don't know if you know about that word. It's spelled nowhere near what it sounds like and so it should be carotid yes like but it's like but I think there's a it's like t-o-i-d in it or there's anyway it's messed up but so I go into this room and there's a whole movement to go like I have to be a badass and like I really wanted to show off that I had guns so like I oddly took off my beautiful biceps thank you (laughs) she's wearing a tank right now for you listeners it's, it's all that picking up Magnolia. I'm I telling know. you. Well, and the 8,000 tricep dips I do every week. But oh. but I really wanted, like, I, so I just was a spaz. I, like, took off my blazer at a very odd and uncomfortable moment that was so clearly, like, look at my biceps. And then, and then I was, like, not good, and I was sweating, and then my mouth went completely dry, like, <laughs> devoid of any bit of saliva. 
all gone. And so I couldn't even formulate words. I was like, so my tongue was sticking Uh in my mouth. And that word, it was, it, I said it and it was so bad and it was like cartadoid odoui <laughs> as I'm like fake stabbing a man in the neck with a pen. And did you have a person or were you just no, doing No, I was it stabbing the air. An invisible person. Yeah. An invisible person. Yeah. And I literally stopped in the middle of my audition no. and I just said, I'm really sorry for wasting your time and I left. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. And then NBC still cast you as a series regular on well, another show le- that same season? Luckily, I don't think anyone from NBC saw that audition because it was just like the director and... The producers in the room. So, so. was it you were far along in that? Was this your first audition for them, or was it? Uh, it was my first au- audition for them, but uh, I think now at this point in my career, I yeah. like I don't have to go just read for the casting yeah, director. You which would is- not be in the waiting room with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that carotid carotid art. Anyway, oh, man, I can't do it. Um, well, and now Magnolia was meant to be. Yeah. Plus, you're on Undateable. Um, and you're so fantastic in that. So we're all very glad you're not on the blacklist, even though that show is um, just crushing. Yeah, it's doing really well. But I think I think uh, Undateable did pretty well this summer, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to pick up some steam when um, it comes back in 2015. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think it's very funny, and people just need to catch on. And incidentally, our guest today, Eva Amore, who we'll talk to later. Um, Martino, Martino, we can't forget Don't. the Martino, mm-hmm. um, is is really a, become a really good friend of ours now because of Undateable. Yes. She was she was a recurring role on that, and we'd love she her. She played Sabrina because the week that I was in the hospital having my daughter, um, whose name we could not agree upon, uh, so finally I gave in with Sabrina. Um, actually, it w- was perfect because my daughter has had like long black hair just like Sabrina in the movie so it was really creepy Yeah, Um, because it was just like Audrey Hepburn in the movie Sabrina and the whole time I was like I don't like that name because I don't want the Audrey Hepburn stuff but she came out with this black 1960s bob so we we had to name her that (laughs) so that week the writers my husband is the creator of Undateable and the writers uh, were introducing a new love interest and so the writers uh decided to name that character Sabrina and uh, surprised Adam and me with that when we were in the hospital. And so we were so lucky that Eva played Sabrina. Yeah. And now now Eva has a little girl of her own, Marlo May. Oh, my God. Who has as much hair as Sabrina has. Yeah. She's got this beautiful head of hair. It's wild. You're lucky, girls, because Magnolia came out with a decent amount. And then it flew off her head at about, like, three months. And she's now everywhere we go. I mean, I don't understand this in day and age. Like, you know babies look kind of like boys or girls when they're mm-hmm. that age. Everybody calls her a him. I don't care. It doesn't really bother no, me. No, they would do that with Sabrina, too. Like, she'd wear... They would? If she didn't wear... She, yeah, she'd have a bow in her hair because <laughs> our poor kid, every photo, there's a bow on her <laughs> head. And it's not because... I'm super girly. It's because she can't see otherwise. Like it's inhumane not to pull it off her face. She looks otherwise. She's a shaggy dog, and I feel like she gets a little more ornery when she well because she can't see. But it's sort of like <laughs> if your hair is done, you feel better. I just gotta yeah. get it off her face. So she'd have bows, and she'd s- still people would think it was a boy always. And I think it's and I'd get really mad, and I'd be like, it's because she's not wearing pink. Is that why you think she's automatically a boy? Oh, I, w- I wouldn't actually say that, but I you'd think say it. It. you would say it in your head uh, unless I think you're you are sexist. Unless you're me, and I say um, that's pretty uh, smart of you, considering she's wearing pink. And the guy goes, "I'm colorblind." <laughs> I love that. Such an asshole. I love it. Or you're um, in West Hollywood, and they just think you're a really open-minded. Yeah, parent. there you, you know, go. 
uh, gender is a spectrum, and uh, we're going to let them choose it for themselves and their sexuality. Although Sabrina was just, she has this little gym class she does. It's really fun and cute, and uh, she has been sort of attacking the other children, which I always get a stomachache after this class because I'm very... Um, concerned about how I look to the other mothers, so I want to yeah. make sure that I say the right things. <laughs> like, Sabrina, please don't do that, or, you know, seem involved. Because uh, it's awkward when she's, like, ripping another kid's bow out of their hair. And uh, she hugged a little boy yesterday. She did. Yeah. She full-on, like, gave a big bear hug to a little boy. So I think she's leaning in that direction. That's all That's I good. <laughs> Um, you and I both need to work on this, Ellie, and this is something I'm very passionate about for both our for both our causes. Um, but you and I need to to work a lot on that, and I think a lo- most people do. But that fear of what are the other parents thinking of me? Because I I think a lot of parenting mistakes arise out of our need to conform and to be, uh, you know, perceived as a good. Yes. quote unquote parent I agree um, and I find myself saying things sometimes out and about and I just like in my head and in my heart it feels wrong and Ooh, I'm can you give us one example um, I'm putting you on the spot okay yeah I can w- one thing that's really started to eat at me and and um, is that uh, uh, first of all <laughs> I hate that I speak for my daughter sometimes like I hate that I hate that people will say like um you know, oh, she's so cute. And then I'll be like, oh, she's looking at you and thinking you have such pretty glasses or like ah, so you talk to your daughter. See, but you do it in a positive way, whereas I use it for passive aggression. Oh, like, OK. <laughs> yeah, like, <what? laughs> um, but but another. Well, tell me an example. I want to hear an example. I don't know. <laughs> I know it happens often. Um, I feel like with especially with my husband. Um, oh, I hate that. I hate I hate when I'll talk through my child, which is not a healthy thing to do. No, because you're going to get in the habit of it, and then we're going to start doing it like when they're old enough to really, truly understand. I hate that when I say to Mike, like, um, Magnolia, tell your dad that he shouldn't have Hold left. That's yeah, and, and that's terrible. Yeah, that is um, terrible. But whatever. We're not going to be hard on ourselves. No, um, we're just – we're all doing the best we can. But I'll, I, I think because – sometimes I'll state the obvious aloud because – it feels like other people are thinking it or, or, yeah. or like Sabrina will look this class is at 1 p.m. and and it's kind of inching towards her nap time and so sometimes she'll just sit there and stare and and I'll be like oh well Sabrina you're feeling tired because it's nap time almost to be like my child's not a dud everybody <laughs> my child's just tired <laughs> it's not that she's antisocial because she's sitting in this corner um, it's <laughs> the, the, the other one <laughs> the other one that I that I hate I get so angry at myself is there there are certain people that shouldn't be holding your child namely the homeless man who's Wait, what on the corner and he Sorry, didn't I'm it, sipping tea and it's like making weird sounds so I apologize to that's everyone. Okay. <laughs> okay homeless man on the corner well I'm just I'm just saying that like yeah, no, he shouldn't. I, I'm being I'm being dramatic and and exaggerating a little bit for the purpose of making a point. But but like he, I was on. I this, you live in Venice. So yeah, I live I mean, in Venice, and there are there are a lot of homeless people there. And um, the other day, uh, I found a homeless man emptor, emptying his entire three shopping carts of stuff into our recycling bin and our garbage can, which, as you know, is like whatever. It's not that big of a deal, but 
I then have no space to throw away right. the boxes of things. Usually, that, yeah. people are taking stuff out of our recycling. <laughs> I know it's it's kind of but a weird. Anyway. He was a, it was opposite <laughs> day, um, and so um, and and so I said, you know, you, sorry, I'm sorry, you can't do that. And he looked up and he was like, okay, and he started taking everything out, and then he saw Magnolia in my arms, and he was like, oh, little cute sweetheart, and he comes over, and his no. his hand is just laden with yeah. dirt and crap and, and and I'm you know I'm not that parent but like I am that parent it's like he went to go touch her face oh. and I let him wow I let him and because I didn't want to hurt his feelings yes. and I then kept her hands away from her face and said okay bye and yeah. ran into my house and scrubbed yeah. her cheek and oh, you know and so I just hard. thought like why this is horrible of me because this is typically a great situation where you do not want that person to touch mm-hmm. your child's face or hand or anything. And I couldn't stand up for her. I couldn't take right. her and move her the other way. And, um, you know, and I and it was over hurting the other person's feelings. Right. And that really bothered me. It really affected me. I thought, like, God, am I – it's the cyclical nature of, you know – of kind of what we learn as kids ourselves and you and I have talked about this ad nauseum about um, just you know putting ourselves first before other people's feelings right I mean that would happen before I had Sabrina just walking down the street at night in our neighborhood now unfortunately there's been a lot of recent crime and and this idea of like well if I cross the street does that make me am I going to hurt this person's feelings and that happened once I was going to uh on this improv team and I was going to practice and I I just got a bad vibe from this Mm -hmm. guy and I went ahead and like stepped into the street and then he started yelling at me so I was like well my vibe was right Um, you're crazy and I guess he is crazy and yells at people all the time women I mean he looked like you know I don't know that he would have worked for a bank or something, but there was some vibe I got. It was your mother. But we're always instinct. afraid of, yeah. of hurting people's feelings now. It's yeah. like, forget it. We got to protect ourselves. But I, um, it's so funny. I would get that way just in the first few months with Sabrina. People would want to hold her, and I'd be like, it's flu season. <laughs> I mean, so it wasn't even with, the, I mean, this is just like anyone. I was like, oh God, have you had your flu shot? Um, well, and je- by the way, just the fact that, like, I, you know, just, just the, the simple, fact that you know not everyone you who knows who your child wants to be and they, they should have an opportunity to kind of gauge the person and and you know let them ease into being held by someone but those people who walk right up to you that your child has never met before mm-hmm. and they just take them and put them on their hip and some including kids, the grandparents yeah <laughs> <laughs> the first time you know yeah there's a lot of family where you're like well this is it this is oh my mom my mom had the worst when we went up to visit her in seattle um and magnolia was four months old and uh, for the first three days, she wanted nothing to do with my mom. And, you know, my mom was like, what do I do? And it was weird. It was like seeing my mom revert to like this insecure, almost high schooler again. I was like, mom, you just got to. I mean, kids just some of them, everyone has their own kind of take. But like some kids just need time to kind of like suss someone out and figure it out. And I feel like we don't give them. I, I think, you know, with Sabrina, even at the, the earliest of ages, they have preferences about things. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. If you're blonde, then Sabrina wants to go home with you. She automatically <laughs> thinks that you're her mother. God, I love your daughter. 
Well, um, we are going to take a little break, and then we're going to bring in our beautiful, amazing, intelligent, lovely guest. Oh, my God. She's so gorgeous. Eva Amore so Martino. Funny. And funny and just brilliant and lovely, and I can't wait to see the guest. Yes. Hey, guys. We're back. And we're back with our beautiful, amazing, gorgeous friend, Eva Amori Martino. Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks this is for- really quite the swanky um, little setup you guys have here. We feel really like Your oddly- mom shelter. Know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it feels like take your daughter to work day or something. We're just like playing on the equipment. <gasps> it does. Like, I feel like someone's going to come in and be like, what are you guys doing in here? Yeah. These headphones are doing great things for my hairdo, though. It's a great way to push it back. You don't even need a headband. I know. It's true. It's like a little tight on the temples. My my mom hair. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Your gorgeous mom hair. All three of us. Gorgeous mom hair. You've gone lighter. Yes. I just, um, well, my daughter, surprisingly, came out with (laughs) a lot of blonde hair. So I decided in my moments of boredom when you're newborn, newborn, back when she was sleeping, is sleeping a million hours a day, why don't I get my hair dyed to match my baby's hair? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So that's what I did. You're always And I've changing. stopped getting highlights so that oh, Sabrina and I are closer in our oh, hair color that's accidentally. That's sweet. Another baby accident. with so much hair. Sabrina yes, had so much hair. So much hair. Black hair. And yeah. now it's getting lighter. Yeah. Mangling but um, I, I'm getting out. these tufts are growing in finally because I lost a lot of hair after giving birth. And I have these hilarious, like, tufts that are coming out. Like from your, um, we always called those the uh, the, the, the garage peak. doors, like the, the two garage doors. <laughs> what? I've heard I, widow's peak, but not garage doors. Where yes. you have the little, like, yes. opening. Oh, big time. Yeah. Oh, the wonders of motherhood. I know. Um, thank you for coming and doing this with us. Thanks We're for having me. so excited and ecstatic to have you as our first like official guest because we did have my husband on the first one, but he doesn't count. <laughs> I'm he'll, sure he'll be happy to hear he'll that. He'll do anything that I ask him to. Um, and, uh, you know, we were just talking earlier about how we all met. And um, just that it's been such a special kind of unique friendship to all kind of be moms at the same time. And um, it's true. I'll, uh, I'll let you tell about like our kind of pregnancy. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Reveal well, f- together. First of all, so weird that I met all of you because I was playing a character based on Ellie's daughter yeah. who had just been born. So that's what started it. Yeah. Sabrina. And then you and I started working together, and you were pregnant at the time, but not telling anybody. Although you were, you were dropping these pretty obvious hints that I think, <laughs> like what, like Bianca would be like. Um, I would say something. Of, of course, this is like a male fantasy of what women talk about. But I, I would literally be like, "Oh my god, your boobs are so big!" And she'd be like, "And by the way, we've known each other for like maybe six hours at yeah, this point." I love it. And I'd be and sh- and she'd say back to me, "Oh well, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're looking really big now, but they're not normally this oh. big." And then I'd see her face like go white, right? Like yeah. she's completely <laughs> revealed too much information. I was like, "Hmm." She's either having her period for three months. Straight. Yeah. yeah, and so I don't know. And I just had an inkling but of mm-hmm. course the cardinal rule you like never ask somebody if they're pregnant obviously so I didn't ask and then she revealed to the whole cast in this really really sweet way yeah, where she showed yeah it was really cute uh, it was really 
funny because I um, I had to go have ultrasounds done on my legs because I have horrible vein problems that nobody wants to hear about. But um, <laughs> but I, I had to go. They were worried I had a, a clot, and oh so God. I had to go get an yeah. ultrasound. And everyone at work knew that I was going to get this ultrasound on my leg. And then two days later, I got an ultrasound before work where on the baby. And the, at this point, I think I was four, 13 weeks, 14 weeks, somewhere around there. And I was going to have this ultrasound, make sure everything was okay, and then I was going to reveal to my new bosses and then to my cast that I was pregnant. I was so relieved to do it because I was having the worst morning sickness and trying to do run-throughs at work and, like, feeling like I was going to pass out and couldn't tell anybody. And um, so I told my bosses, your husband, Ellie, mm-hmm. and... and a boss. <laughs> and Bill Lawrence, who were so amazing about it. I mean, it was so cool. I was so nervous because we'd only done, like, three or four episodes... Because you came in on what episode? Episode three. Three. Yeah. And um, you know, and I'm like, they're they easily could just say, well, we don't want to deal with that shit. We're going to write her out. But they were so gracious and excited for me, really happy. And Adam, of course, because you guys had just had Sabrina. Um, but anyway, I the cast was all there, and I didn't think the guys were going to care. I was like, they'd probably be like, oh great. And everyone was back at craft services, and I had an envelope <laughs> with all of the ultrasound photos from my twelve week, thirteen week ultrasound and I said oh my god you guys wait you have to come here it's like you know that ultrasound I had done on my leg the other day and I'm like yeah and I was like you have to see what they found in there <laughs> and everyone opened and of course like the girls Eva and Briga knew without even looking so in the envelope because I would oh think I, you know I had that I had a bone tumor in my leg so my ultrasound of like come up my <laughs> <laughs> it would have been, been ugly. It would have been dark and but sad. The, the funniest thing was the only person who was like, did every, the boys started screaming. Rick Glassman was crying. Oh, Everyone was like, but yeah. Brent Morin was like, but I don't know, there's a baby in there? And they're like, she's <laughs> pregnant, you idiot. It's like so stupid. That is so um, funny. So yeah, and then, it, and then it was so great. Because well, and then it's funny because Kyle and I had been trying to get pregnant at the time. And um, it had taken us a while. We didn't get pregnant for like nine or ten months of active trying, which I actually wrote a blog about because I felt like enough people didn't really, yeah. you know, talk about that. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But um, and no, so, yeah, and so um, I had been talking a lot with Bianca about her pregnancy, how she was feeling, and at this point it was December, and. Um, and I was about to have this like uh, Christmas party at my house, and um, and so I had called her and I had said, and she kept on telling me at work. She's like, "I think you're pregnant. I think you're pregnant." And I was like, "What are you? T- I'm not pregnant." She's like, "There's something about you. I just have this pregnant person's like sixth sense about about you, about about how, something, some vibe." And I was like, uh, "Well, I don't think so. I don't think so, right?" Because at this point, I felt like I'm never going to get pregnant as long as I live. So I. Um, was having this party the next day and Bianca was like take the test take the pregnancy test so I took the pregnancy test that said no before the party because I thought you know I'm going to be drinking at this party well that's why I would wait to take the test well exactly (laughs) and so I took it and said no and I took the digital one and the other one and then I and then the next morning and I saw all of them at the party and then the next morning I was like mm, I had leftover pregnancy tests and I was like well why don't I just take these the and, next morning yeah literally before work like I got up at six because we had rehearsals or something at seven it was one of those crazy weeks and so I um, took it and it said pregnant and then I took the other one it was literally the difference between one day that's amazing and so Bianca was the second person after my mom who I called and I was oh. like I'm pregnant she was like oh my god she was the only person who knew for a long time I got to work and we had this like little secret nobody knew oh, wow. 
it was just so nuts. And so there was definitely something in the water. I was telling yeah. everyone. I was telling Briga to watch out. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you didn't, Ellie, didn't you know, you said something to Adam because when I told Adam that I was pregnant, he was like, Ellie called it. Ellie said oh, something. So maybe there's just a I thing. read vibes too. Yeah. I, well, I do I think know. when you are a pregnant woman, you are so much more open to, uh, to yeah, just. Or did you tell me? No, I didn't no. tell you. Okay, then yeah, it Adam, must have just Adam been. You, yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, but the the false negatives also like blow my mind, and everyone should be aware of them because yes. I had a false negative too. Really, and um, I knew I was pregnant. My boobs hurt, so I just knew. And um, <laughs> I got it was said it was negative, and Adam was super bummed out. He took it personally, and then uh, I had a girls' weekend, which I've. You know, this was the first time I'd ever done it with my girlfriends. We went up to Ojai, and it was amazing. And, um, no, it was Goleta, which is near Santa Barbara-ish. Yeah, north. Hmm. Anyway, so it was like a girls' weekend. Um, did that, drank a lot of wine, and then when I came home, I took the test again, and it was positive. And it was just well, amazing. It's it's just, like it was a difference of a week. Yeah. yeah. But that you can know before, you know, the test knows. And also that there are people that don't know, and then they have their baby in a yeah. bathroom. <laughs> By the way, the other thing that I want to mention that I didn't know is if they're on those, you know, the clear blue ones or whatever the, you know, plus sign ones, mm -hmm. if there is anything on that test. Because I thought it had to be like, oh, a huge right. yeah. plus sign. And it wasn't. It's That's just what happened with you, though. Yeah. Remember, oh, uh, yeah, because I had taken to me. a pregnancy test. And you and, said and there I was said, a Oh, really... there's nothing on it. I was like, oh, it's not. It's like, it's not a positive, right? I said, because it's so faint. You or said something. there's a really faint line. And I was like, Eva. That's what I had, and I ended up being pregnant. Wow. Did so, you guys keep your sticks? I kept my sticks. I, I did I, not. <laughs> can I? This is so funny. We have a professional organizer who we'll have on the show at some point. Oh, please. Um, have her fix me. Jen Roban. <laughs> she's working at my house right now, and she uh, organized my bathroom drawers, and I went in there and opened it the other day, and she had made its own little special cubby for all of my pregnancy tests because I marked them like... Because then, did oh, you do this too? Like, a week later, did you take another one just to make sure you really are pregnant? Like, I kept peeing on sticks. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know that there's no there's false negatives, but never false positives. There are false. Uh, no. There isn't. I think there's a, I think, well, we'll look into that. Yeah. I'll fight you on this. Okay. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, that's so funny. I think I should put mine in a shadow box and give it to Adam for Christmas. <laughs> I'm sure he'll love that. Although, he might be scared. He might think, think it's, it's a new one. one. <laughs> I know. So oh your sweet Marlo May is here. She's finally here. And how is it going? How are you embracing motherhood? Oh, my gosh. Here's the thing. You could ask me that question a few times a day and every day, and I would have a different answer. Yeah. That's <laughs> a great time you asked answer. me. Um, you know, there are some days. I mean, okay, let me preface this by saying my daughter will be nine weeks old tomorrow. Oh, that's crazy. So she's very young yeah. still. She seems old because she's running the show at our house. And she's got, you know, her whole, her hair. She like. has a full head of hair yeah. uh, that is now graduated to mullet status. Yes. Which amazing. Is really oh amazing. Kenny Powers. Like Sabrina yes. when she's out of the bath. Do you know, what's that show? Um, um, he's bound and down. down yes. right? Sabrina, at, when her hair is wet, it's full on mullet. And she's so chubby. Like she looks just like Kenny Powers. <laughs> but anyway. It is kind of a. There's something about it. I'm almost tempted to like draw eyebrows on her or something because it makes them look so adult having this oh, hair. Yeah. That's what. Yeah, exactly. But she's amazing. You know, she's has been such a strong personality from when even when she was in the womb. She was so active and so 
headstrong seeming that I remember saying to my to myself and to my husband when I was pregnant, this is going to be we're like we're she's going to give us a run for our money and she has. I mean, she's like a Leo girl all the way. She will roar when something doesn't work for her. She um and she's also really really present. Like she's very aware and like she's smiling and she's laughing and she's babbling a ton. I mean, I feel like we have full conversations. And that's made things really fun. I mean, I couldn't wait. Like, I remember sitting and rocking her um, to sleep at one point, like in, you know, day eight or something, and thinking to myself, you know, this is going to get better, right? This is going to get more fun, and I'm going to, right, right? And we've kind of hit that point now, so that's been great. And then I'm also more exhausted than I've ever been. I'm, like, trying to put the vestiges of my prior life, like, back together somehow yeah, you know like it's I'm a different life it really yeah. is a different life and it's been that part has been such a challenge for me um obviously like not to mention how hard it is on your marriage you know you want to make sure that you're really spending enough time with your husband or boyfriend or partner um so it's been like it's had its ups and downs I mean right now we're in a you know, she was sleeping. I was that idiot first time mom in the beginning who was telling people when my kid was like a week or two old, you know, like she's just an amazing sleeper. (laughs) We're so lucky. She sleeps all night long. And all of my mom friends would just nod and be like, "Uh uh-huh. Great. That's really great. I mean, I was just like so excited. So excited. Everything was wonderful. And then I think it was the Percocet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I wish they had given me that. Um, And yeah, and then it kind of, you know, falls to pieces and you're stuck thinking, you know, what is going on? And right now we're transitioning her out of the swaddle because, of course, my crazy child has started rolling over at two months old. So that's been really fun to kind of have to, while she still has her startle reflex, take her out of the swaddle. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's been a challenge. And I've been like all day researching swaddles, researching, you know, sleep sacks, reading like mom blog. I mean, it really is. I wish that there was some kind of hub for all the resources, you know, like even just these are the 12 blogs to go to. These are the. Yeah. That kind of thing. Well, and I find, too, that, and this is a common theme that we talk about, but I find, too, that if you go to any of the, like, kind of baby forums, it's awful because people are so horrible to each other that it's like you don't even dare venture in with a question about anything because even the most simple thing about swaddling, whatever, if you do it too early, you're a horrible parent, you know, and they're all there to let you know. And I just feel like it's so antithetical to to any of us actually figuring out, I just want to know. I just want to know, like, What's the best way to do this? And so much of that is, I think, what Ellie and I have talked about is, uh, you know, really wanting people to to get to that instinctual level where you can go and find out. And I think you're really good about this. When you and I have talked, it's like you want the information, but you also have very strong gut feelings about how you want to do it or what you want to do. Have you looked at the Magic Merlin sleep suit? I was looking at that online today, actually. (laughs) I think once they roll over, you're not supposed Supposed to use it. But they can move their arms and legs, yeah. right? It was such a lifesaver for us. Really? Because she was always punching out of her sw- We swaddled her from day one. And it was great. Except she was so strong and she would do these high kicks all night long. That's like what Marlo does. Yeah. Yes. Crazy high kicks all night long. Insanity. And so finally when she... And grunting yeah, and all that. I mean, oh my to, God, like, it's a nightmare. We had to do like extra Velcroing yes. with the swaddles because the way she'd break out of yes. them. Yes. And so finally we um, we got a girlfriend, Bridget, suggested the Magic Merlin sleep suit. And I'm telling you, 
it totally changed our lives. Like it gave us at least another month and a half of sleep. And oh. um, but it's was she so funny? Over it's a marshmallow. I think she might have started. So yeah, at your own discretion. I mean, they don't. But she. But maybe Marlo won't roll over. She's in it. I don't know. I'm not giving. It's I'm not, not telling a, anyone to use it if yeah. they roll over. Do what they say to do. Yeah. I don't want to get sued. But check out the Magic Merlin suit. It's also just hilarious because there's like a big puffy <laughs> suit and they look so insane in it. Awesome. And we were in New York and oh, the yeah. hotel lost it. Oh, and we no. lost our shit. How did the hotel lose it? We were in New York for a wedding and we were staying um, at this hotel and it had somehow got caught up in her bedding in the crib and it's this yellow sleep suit and we were like, uh, it was a midnight and we were calling downstairs being like, the sleep suit, the magic Merlin sleep suit. We need the sleep suit because our daughter won't sleep without it. And they were like, well, it's probably got lost in the laundry and that's off site. So we won't have it till tomorrow. And we were so tired. And I was like, well, what are we supposed to do to stay up with her all night? So oh we put her in, she slept in her stroller. We, 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 um, we clipped her into her stroller and, uh, we put it so that there, so it was reclined, and that's how she slept. Because otherwise, if she was in a crib without anything, um, kind of right. weigh, weighing her down a little mm-hmm. bit, she would do the kicking. I know and she wouldn't sleep. Exactly what you're talking about. It's crazy. What is that? I don't know. It's crazy. And it's, like, why don't I have that kind of ab work ethic? Exactly. That my daughter it's, clearly yes. has. While they sleep, it's like they're I mean, kicking a door that's above them. That's what yeah, it looks like. And yeah. it's just been. And here's the other thing that you don't realize. I mean, I don't know if everybody feels like this or if it's just me because I'm so type A and I always need to find an answer. But there are a hundred things a day that something will happen and I'll be like, what do I do about this? (laughs) Or what is this? Like, what's the right thing? And I end up on like a million weird blogs, like Bianca, what you were saying, a million people yelling at each other. And I'm like, can you just stop yelling at each other for one second so I can figure out what exactly I'm supposed to be doing? It's a million times. And there's so, you're right. I've been wondering what I've been doing the past year. And half of the time I've been looking up what I should be doing. Yeah. And I like cross reference. I have literally 300 windows open on my laptop right now. And it's like the Merlin like sleep suit. It's like magic miracle blanket like halo sleep sack you know all people talking about them the amazon reviews i mean it's you would think that i don't have a job and i'm just like doing this for a living somebody should pay me to do it i would love to do it well, are you guys hiring yeah. <laughs> exactly. well what's one site you recommend for uh advice um honestly what i found is the best is if you hear about something i go on amazon and i look it reviews. up and i read the reviews that's great because it seems to be a great mix of people and and wow. i don't know why this makes a difference but it's usually men and women reviewing yes. it because men are not intimidated to go onto amazon and write reviews on their products well and also men usually i'm sorry but on and these like kind of things experts. tell the truth yeah Exactly. Yeah, there, I, I feel like women go on and want to be dramatic and tell their story. Right. About, right. You know. Right. Whatever. It's very personal. But I, for but us. I also think the problem is, and this is why we can't find one place where everything is the perfect answer is right now, is because every child is different, and what worked for Sabrina may work for Marlo, but doesn't work for Magnolia. I mean, it's just you've got to, and that's what's so painful about it is you have to order these things and see if they work and then when you get something you're like, it's the magic bullet and then it doesn't work and you're like, can you imagine when we have our second one? I know. And you have all the stuff. And you have all the stuff. I know. And when we think we have the magic, it'll be so much more personal (laughs) because we're going to be like, this worked with your sister. Right. Can you just get it together? Because I do not want to have to reinvent the Uh, wheel. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. It's just crazy. I I know. And it feels like 
also like something terrible is gonna happen if you don't solve it. Do you know what I mean? It's like that thing of like I I was having a meltdown actually last night because we are now, as I said earlier, transitioning Marlo out of her swaddle because yeah. we have to. It's traumatic. Right? And I'm terrified because this baby is a monster. I mean, she loves to be awake. She loves to kick and, you know, yeah. do her abs. And <laughs> I normally she is down by seven. And when I say down, like she's asleep in her crib at seven, which is amazing. Because then we have our like three hours. We just got her off the dream feed at 10. So it's like we have our few hours. Then we go to bed. Fine. I can make dinner. I can do one thing. Maybe watch a TV show. Maybe read a yeah, book. I'm lying. I've so never read a book in the past like two months. <laughs> so I was like, okay, great. And I go to get her down. I put her in a crib without the swaddle. And 10 minutes later, she wakes up. But not wakes up like, uh, like wide awake, like intravenous coffee, totally ready to party, ruining my life, right? And so I'm like, "What what am I going to do? So I start having this meltdown. I'm looking at stuff. I'm trying to think, like, is there some way I can rig up her swaddle so her arms are out? Like, what can I do? But the problem with that is that's she's whacking herself in the face and that's it, yeah her. and punching so we herself put, in the we face. put Sabrina was scratching herself so then I guess they have baby gloves which would have been a good idea but instead we just put socks on I her put hands. socks on her <laughs> and I spent 10 minutes laughing hysterically at the yeah. monitor of like we'll her with these socks on the hands with a magic Merlin sleep suit <laughs> I mean it's, this it's, is it's amazing. like she's in the tundra oh my god well <laughs> the point of this entire story is I'm like melting down right and it's like I'm just in my pajamas with like my disheveled pony and I haven't eaten dinner and I'm crying actually crying to my husband and he turns to the clock and he looks at me he goes Eva it's 8 o'clock it's 8pm like your life is not over if she's up for the next hour you know but it all seems like if she doesn't go to sleep when she usually goes to sleep or if she's up and she's different or something's different like you feel like your world is going to end because you've spent so much time and energy just getting them to do this one thing well and also I I don't know about you but for me it's like I'm watching that countdown to the time when I can sit on my ass and do nothing yeah of course like I just like when I can crawl in bed and even just zone out and stare at the ceiling I, I want to not think about something you know right. Adam calls it running for the barn like the last two hours it's like running for the barn like this is it and then we get to put her down and then and then yeah three hours from seven to ten are so key like that's where all the actual living seems yes. to happen like outside but of then you sh- finally get them to sleep and they're sleeping peacefully and you look at them on their little baby monitor and you're like when is she going to get up? I know. I miss oh, her. I are totally you, miss are, her. Okay, you're both insane. <laughs> no, I miss her. But the problem is the first three months, I'd look and go, oh, my God, she's sleeping. Is she breathing? How do I know she's yeah. breathing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of I course. Mean, I've gone. <laughs> no, this is a hilarious story. Thank God I remembered this. So speaking to that, I, of course, super type A, also super crazy. I went in the first like month and we had her in her crib from the beginning right which I was so scared about and it's see I told Kyle in tears that it was that we put the nursery in the wrong room because it was so far away meanwhile it's like five feet from our (laughs) other room it could have been in so we put her in there and at one point I was like downstairs and looking at the monitor and I was like god she's just been sleeping so well like I just I'm scared like what if you know what if she's not breathing she's breathing right She's breathing, right? Oh, but what if she's not? And he's like, just go up. Just I know you're going to go up. Oh, just God. go up. So I go up, and I'm in her room, 
and I'm looking down at her. <laughs> I'm going down and reaching down, oh, reaching, no. reaching, Wait, reaching to touch her, right? So I can feel her breathing. And all of a sudden, from behind me, I hear, don't touch the baby. <laughs> and Kyle has pushed that button <gasps> on the monitor that where you can talk in the room. Yeah. And I jumped almost <laughs> into the crib. Did she I, wake up? She woke up. Oh, I screamed. Oh, no. It was no. horrible because I was so, oh, so. But then I was also dying. I was crying, laughing. I was. Did you even know hilarious. you could talk on that thing? I had no idea until he pushed the little yeah, button. It scared the crap out of me too. I did not know that you could talk on that. And, and also, you have to be very careful what you say. Like if you have a babysitter downstairs and the monitor's already on. Oh that yeah. Kind of thing. Like, oh yeah, uh oh. So be careful. <laughs> Something risque going yeah, on. It's no. So funny. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, we kind of want to talk as I'm bumping things around. Um, we kind of want to talk to you about an article that we read, which I think is a good thing to talk about because we all had such different experiences with yeah, so that I'll, fourth trimester. I'll set it up uh, with our listeners that um, on the Daily Beast you might have read it was all over Facebook um, an article by Hillary Brinhouse. Um, I can't read my own handwriting. And it's it's called Why Are America's Postpartum Practices So Rough on New Mothers? And the whole idea is basically that we are hyper-focused on pregnancy. Everyone's super careful when you're pregnant. Like, everyone wants to make sure you're eating enough and doing the right things. And here, take my seat. And are you sleeping well? And all these issues. And then the second you have the baby no one cares about you anymore and no one takes care of you and that it's not like that in other cultures you know in France the mothers spend a week in the hospital I have a girlfriend who lives there and um, maybe my next one I'll have in France but except that I wanted to leave the hospital because they would wake me up like every three hours they kept yeah, coming into the room and I don't think it's so much about just even leaving the hospital it's about what how quickly we're expected to jump back into life right and and by the way, I mean, Abba, you and I texted a lot during that those first couple of weeks, and I remember you were like, "When, how am I ever going to do anything ever again?" Yeah. And you know, there's a part of us that wants to. I mean, you want to get back to life and living and feeling like yourself, but at the same time, um, you know, I think that this idea that we should be, you know, back to work, back to shape, back to all of these things, and really it becomes all about the baby, and then they wonder why postpartum depression is on the rise. Um, yeah. But it's really interesting, this article, because it talks a lot about other cultures and how they actually have practices and rituals around this. We talked about, like, the, the fourth trimester, about mm-hmm. the, the 40 days, um, where, the, where the woman is nurtured and taken care of. And um, there are people there to do all the housework and to, um, you know, and we, we look at somebody who does that as like, oh, I wish I had that luxury. But it's, it's really not a luxury. It's really... You're recuperating from a major... Yeah. And in other countries, it's not a class thing either. Yeah, you know, like exactly. Everyone takes care right, of each other right. regardless of like what their income is. Um, there was one really great quote from it that's, uh, the problem is that no one recognizes the new mother as a recuperating person, and she does not see herself as one. For the morning or the injured, we will activate a meal treat. For the woman who is torturously fatigued, who has lost one-tenth of her body's blood supply, who can scarcely pee for the stitches running up her perineum, we will not. Yeah, and it's it's really I think why I wanted to talk to you about this is because I remembered you uh, just you really had a hard time if oh you don't God. mind talking no, about that not at all. Um, and and I I was because we're friends, you know, was like what what was different, you know, because I had such a blissful 
Um, and, like I have horrible anxiety and and have had depression in my life, and I was so fully prepared to go into the depths of postpartum depression or anxiety or whatever, and it was the best I've ever felt in my life. And how many months after did you feel that good, or when did I it? felt that until uh, I remember saying the first time I actually felt tired was our six. I remember our six week appointment being yeah. in the office and going, "Wow, I re- I'm starting to feel tired." And yeah. then after that, how did you feel? Um, Fine. It's really actually only until the last, I would say about around four months when we kind of went into the four month sleep regression where Mm -hmm. I started to actually feel like, holy crap. And now that she's up and needs to be kind of entertained during the day, that changed. But I mean, the first, uh, first of all, I'm so insanely, ridiculously fortunate that I have a husband who cooked every meal for me. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) I mean, that doesn't exist. It's like, you know. It is. It's it's the it, it's unheard of, and um, and and I laid in bed. I was just the most. Uh, uh, I, I feel guilty about it because I feel like wow, how how did I get so lucky that I had this situation where I didn't have to do anything and people were there to help and do laundry and do all these things. Um, but I also was every person who came over was like, "You're so calm," and I was like, "Cause what is there? I, there's nothing to get worked up about." So I was thinking, if you want to talk a little bit about your... Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, for me, I also had my baby at home. Um, and so I don't know. I'm not really sure, like, how much that contributes to it. But I remember feeling, you know, really autonomous, you know, like, in my birth experience and in my... Because you are, like, really bringing this life, like, into the world in your own home. So there's something really, like undramatic about it Mm -hmm. and so that was a little confusing for me in terms of recovery because what happened for me is I was like this was my same sheets my same room my same husband my same house but all of a sudden I felt really different because I'd been through this you know extremely rigorous you know I had a 36 hour labor I was exhausted I had like a lot of stitches and I remember feeling like really strange about uh, being, I mean, I was gentle with myself, but I think by giving myself enough, you know, about giving myself enough time and enough space and, and enough solitude because I was just in my regular life. And I remember when I was pregnant, one of the things that was really hard for me towards the end of my pregnancy was feeling like I didn't have my life, you know, that I was used to. And so my first instinct after she was born was to like visit with people and get back into things. And because that had been what I was craving and I would literally have these things where I would be like really excited for like, let's say like Jane to come over, you know? And then once like Jane came over, the second that she was there, I like wanted her to leave, you know? Because I felt really overwhelmed and I felt like emotional about it. And like some people, I like all of a sudden, depending on like how, you know, while they did it washing their hands or something, I like didn't want them to touch the baby. And then I was nervous the whole time they were touching the baby or like holding the baby. And I, you know, I remember like, like, when are they going to leave? Yes. Yes. And they they just stay and stay. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was lucky because I had my mom staying with us helping. Um, so she did a lot of the cooking, but it was just really, really tough. And I remember feeling completely overwhelmed And also, like, I somehow was supposed to, like, know what to do. Like, that was another thing that I was dealing with was, like, 
this idea that like, and even though I was asking a million questions because that is, you know, kind of my personality and like texting people and, and asking people that I knew, there was this feeling that like, okay, like while I brought her into this world on my own, like I was literally like on all fours on my bed, like having my baby. So shouldn't I like be able to do this? Like it was kind of like, how could I possibly have 36 hours of unmedicated labor and now be overwhelmed because my baby's crying for 15 minutes? Do you know what I mean? It was this like, like shame's a strong word, but this kind of like, um, self-judgment for sure about, you know, being able to bounce back. And, um, for me, part of what made that more complicated was my body bounced back really quickly. Yeah. So like, I mean, by one week later, like I, I took pictures on my phone, like in my underwear of my one week later, because I was like, how is this possible? Like I had the same body I had before I got pregnant one week after I had the baby, which I mean, obviously, it didn't feel the same. By the way, I was like, in so much pain, and you know, right, but right, it looked right. the same. I, yeah. Physically, I yeah. was able to bounce back. And too. so and people look at you and they think, "Oh my God, she's fine," right? Because I like didn't look haggard, and I yeah. had my body back together. And people, I don't think, could tell mm-hmm. obviously from looking at me that I had just been through this ex- extremely transformative and difficult experience. And so I felt like my insides weren't really matching my outsides in a lot yep. of ways. And that was such a challenge. And then you try to explain that to people and everybody kind of expects you to just say to them like, Oh my God, is, this is the best time of my life. This is so amazing. This is so blissful, you know? And there were moments of that, you know, definitely. But uh, the majority of those first couple weeks, I just felt so overwhelmed. And I felt like, like almost like I couldn't really communicate that to people, Mm -hmm. you know. And I mean, I'm really lucky that I didn't have like what people would term like postpartum depression. But I for sure had like these bluesy moments Mm -hmm. that were really difficult. Um, And so I think that in terms of like people supporting each other in other cultures, it really is to me like it's just now I know personally anyway to be like texting my friends who have babies like how are you feeling you know like how are you doing well and I is there anything I can do you know yeah I think I mean it's such an interesting um you know the dichotomy that you bring up about the fact that um, Ellie and I had talked uh on an earlier podcast about the fact that like we both had non-medicated births um and yet you know that we are so supportive of of uh, any choice that a woman needs to make to how she needs to get through her birth. Um, the problem I think with our culture here in the United States is that we don't really have a culture. And so, you know, if you're from a place where they may practice the, the fourth trimester or the 40 days, um, you know, great because you have that support system and it is built into your culture. But here, I feel like a lot of the home birth advocates and a lot of the natural birth advocates are advocating something that existed in a time when there was a town or a tribe around you to support mm-hmm. and hold right. you. And not only were you doing it with the support of that, that tribe or that town or that place, but you also had grown up seeing all of these people do it that way. I mean, that's the reason that breastfeeding is so... Is such a in such a weird landscape right now because 
if we've ne- I've never seen somebody breast I've seen a woman maybe once in a blue moon at a restaurant or something under her little booby hider or whatever those things right. are called right. um, hooter hider a hooter hider thank you but but you you didn't grow up in a tribe with the with the elder women breastfeeding their babies around you and it was innately a part of you and so it makes perfect sense like you did something that was um, that was a raw um, the way we used to do it when there was, you know, there were only midwives and not having giving birth in hospitals. But the way afterwards, there wasn't that support around you. Right, yeah. And nobody around you really understood that. That's how we are in America about everything, though. I mean, you look at the elderly, it's the same problem. It's like in other cultures, you know, the grandparents move in. Right. In our culture, like they go to an old folks' home. Yeah. And, and with my birth, my uh, mom and step my mom was there for the birth she flew out that morning when my water broke um my stepdad flew out the next day uh and so did my dad and my stepmom so everyone was there for the weekend and then my mom stayed an extra week but then and then I was by myself and Adam was back at work like the day after I gave birth like he was just never he was always working so right. we the, know the we problem were with is, him. Yeah. yeah you guys were with him you took him yeah you took him but um he was writing a script that weekend um and so this also this thing of like we're all there for the party we're all there for the big event and right. then what people what we all need to remember what and this is with sickness um you know surgeries anything the big gli- or d- death like you know there's that big event but check on each other a month later or or plan that week to be there after like i'm so, so it's too bad that you're not in that picture when the baby's born or whatever like to put on facebook like if yeah. come 3 weeks later when the mother is really really hard up and exhausted and her her like love hormones or whatever comes out when mm-hmm. you're after your natural birth like once that wears off or yeah. the Percocet or whatever it was yeah. <laughs> I had both gone at the same time I mean I was really in a good place um, but once that wears off huh, it's tough though because we don't I'm not an intimate person I, or I I have issues with intimacy um, I, I have problems with asking for help yeah so there are certain friends I can really lean on. Right. But it's also, we, you have to figure out who are those people well, for you. Because there's a lot of people that will, like, camp out all day, but you don't even want them around. You, so. you need to have the people around you that you know, A, can judge the situation so that you only invite those people who you know will come, see that you're tired, and either wash the dishes and do something there so they can help you out, or leave after yeah, right. 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think it's, that's the hardest part is you're so tired do you really want to take the energy to think about like who is okay to be here and who is not but unfortunately in today's day we kind of have to do that well by the way too like there were people who I thought I would feel totally cool with being there and the second they walked through the door it was like their voice was so loud all of a sudden Mm -hmm. and I had never noticed like how loud and annoying their voice was or like things like that where you're just like you know what Absolutely. I mean? And also, we're, like, in a cave. Like, we're by ourselves yeah. so much. So then when someone, well, that external yeah. stimuli. And, you know, Kyle and I developed a code for if I was feeling overwhelmed when people were there, for him to, like, have people leave, we would, God, now we're, like, revealing ourselves. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> None of those people will be listening to this, I don't think. <laughs> um, but we, I would say uh, to him, hey, Kyle, is the grill still on, you know? Or, like, That's did great. you leave the grill on yeah. or something? 
and he would know that means like he has to done. get people out. Yeah, and that's so brilliant. That's yeah, and that saved us. And we only kind of you know did that because he would have no idea. And I would be after they would leave or the people would leave, I would be like in tears, like oh my god, why did they stay for an hour? Why did you let them? He's like, I had no idea. You were smiling and socializing yeah. with them. Exactly. You know? And that, that's the other thing is like they've been there for an hour, and and when. In normal life, an hour doesn't feel very long, but there's time is a completely different thing when you're not getting any sleep. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, such a different thing. Like 10 minutes can feel yeah. like hours. And then at the same time, I'm an extrovert, so you would, you know, I would sometimes really want this company and I would want them to stay. Yeah. And then I'd always pay for it later. But, but you, it's a balance. I mean, no matter what. It's like it's weird. I had friends who came over, and Michael was like, "I'm forbidding some of those people from coming over again." And I was like, "Why?" And he goes, "Because they just want to come over and have you solve all their dramas." Oh, <laughs> because you're like sitting there, like you know, with the baby, and mm-hmm. you're they just want to talk about. I mean, yeah, it's kind of some people live very much in their in their own world, their own head. So, um, yeah, it's it's a tricky time, and I think it's so nice to hear about all of our different experiences and and I think you know um, Eva thank you so much for sharing uh, you know really kind of raw moment for you and and, yeah I mean I think it's so important you know I didn't I think one of the reasons I judged myself so harshly, by the way, I had a similar experience during the first trimester of pregnancy, Mm. but I think that why I judged myself so harshly during that time and my kind of mixed bag of emotions was because I hadn't heard other people having similar experiences, you know, because when people say to you, oh my God, aren't you over the moon? And you're thinking to yourself, no, like I'm overwhelmed and exhausted. Mm -hmm. You think, oh my God, something must be wrong with me or you know, what is going on with me? Is this something, you know, I was, I remember saying to my mom, like, oh my God, do you think I'm getting postpartum depression? She was like, no, like this is really normal to just have moments where you're like crying, you know, because you're just, and I remember crying because I would even say to Kyle, you know, like I would be in tears. I'd be like, I just love her so much. You know, it's things like that where you're just completely overwhelmed by every emotion, not just negative emotions. But had I, had some kind of context, I would have felt so much better about myself, you yeah. know? Well, and I think that's our point of, of doing this podcast is to, to have, you know, real people in here um, who can really um, articulate their about, about their experience, really, really share with others, you know, the things that people don't talk about. And I think... You know, hopefully we would love to have you back again and again yes, and again. I would love it. Um, cause I'll share can... more war stories from <laughs> as she gets older. Exactly. We'll never run out of material. That's the best thing about I know. a mom podcast. We, um, we have a little. We have a little bit at the end of our. Um, we should, maybe we should ha- start having the guests do it too. Oh, um, and maybe Eva has something now that she can think of. But we we talk talk about our moms. How did you call it? Mom session? Mob session? Uh, yeah, or mom session. Mom like session? Mom obsession. Oh, yeah. A little thing that. Yeah, you're just loving. something that you're loving this week. And like for, for mine this week is uh, this great clothing company called Kid and Kind. And um, they just make the cutest little t shirts and um, kids' clothes. And like the shirts have these, you know, sayings on them that are so like kid like, like, ah, ha, 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 ha. It's like all over it. Um, they're adorable. They're super soft, and uh, Magnolia has already quite a stockpile of their stuff. So that's cute. I am obsessed. So I mean, talking about earlier, we were talking about how they like bust out of their swaddles and scratch their faces. Well, 
I figured out that um, the Honest Company Healing Balm, I don't know if you've used it, oh, it's yeah. unbelievable. It heals her everything. Like, I put it on my lips, that I put it on my I nipples. I texted you the other day saying, I just put <laughs> butt cream on my lips. Yeah. <laughs> I put it on, I, I use it after her bath. I put it all over her face every single time after a bath. Oh and my it's, gosh. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Oh. And she has this, like, beautiful skin now because of it that I'm like, ooh, should I try that? But <laughs> anyway, that's my thing this week that I sort of have discovered that I love. Awesome. I love that. I'm going to have to get... I just ordered some stuff from Honest Company. And then um, we've got our uh, Atomic Bomb. Our Atomic Mom Bomb. Um, so t- so for today, I, I actually don't know who wrote this. I found it, and so whoever anonymously out there is, you know, whatever. But I, uh, I think it's such a good little mantra for parents in general, just because we are facing um, our own fears every day, and we're, you know, as... Eva talked about you know coming into judgment of ourselves, and so I thought this was so beautiful. May I have the courage to risk what I think I am, to become what I am called to be. May I have the willingness to stumble, stutter, fall, appear absurd in order to be free. Love it. Oh, I love. And that. you can find that on our um, Instagram at Atomic Moms and uh, regram it, Facebook. retweet it. Yep, Facebook. Friend us. Um, so can I friend you guys? Yeah. Please. Thank you, Eva, Mori, Martina. Uh, we're going to leave guys. you with uh, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, and rock on, Atomic Moms. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleisinger. Schleisinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to YouTube.com slash WaitForItComedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.